TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone. Touch them all. It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. And it's a packed house today. Phil Mackey in studio here in frigid Minneapolis with Rami Makhlouf. So cold. Got Manny Hill in the house. And uh, with a game going on right now at Hammond Stadium, we've got not only Derek Wetmore, who's been out covering spring training for scorenorth.com and all of our twin shows, but Judd Zolgad is sitting next to him. Uh, Should we spend the next hour just dissecting Addison Reed's second inning there, or what should we do here, boys? The nicest thing that Derek has done since I got here was he just closed the screen in front of me, so I no longer had to watch that. (laughs) This is the first time that I've applauded someone for actually making a baseball game unwatchable for me because Addison Reed was so bad right there. You know, Addison Reed having a bad second inning or third inning, actually, uh, it it leads into what Rami and I want to uh, hijack this show with. I've been beating this drum for a while now. Well, it's been brought up. Yes. It's been brought up. But we just, if, you know, you guys are welcome to chime in if you want. Uh, hopefully you agree. Otherwise, we'll just shut your microphones yeah. off. Okay. Yeah, I, was gonna say. I have all the power to do yeah. that. <laughs> okay. So right. let's let's start with this. Reckless speculation. I love that you're actually bringing this to the show. The tweet? Yes. How much would you guys trust an MLB insider on Twitter who has 39 followers? <laughs> <laughs> well... I trusted some dude with the Braves like three weeks ago, and I had n- never heard of the guy in my life, so All right. go with it. So Run th- with it. there is a quote-unquote Major League Baseball beat reporter on Twitter by the name of Derek Jones MLB, at Derek Jones MLB, with 39 followers. Okay. Does he have a blue Reckless check mark? Speculation. He, needless to say, does not have a blue <laughs> check mark. Does he have a blue check no. mark? <laughs> he does not have a blue check mark. <laughs> He tweeted twice this weekend, okay? And by the way, CJ Crone just went yard, I think, for the second time today. Uh, we're yeah, watching see. on TV. I'll, we'll let you know what happens because you've got the door closed. And he <laughs> crushed that ball. And uh, Derek Jones tweeted, Source, Craig Kimbrell nearing a deal with the Twins. And then he retweeted himself the next day and said, Sources say the holdup is the years. Kimbrell wants five. The Twins are pushing for three in a club option for year four, okay? Whether or not Derek Jones MLB is a real human or a real beat writer or not. By the way, he joined Twitter in January of 2019. So he's brand new to brand breaking new. news. Yes. He's been breaking news for years, new to Twitter. <laughs> yes. Okay. Your source for baseball news since January 2019. <laughs> so with Addison Reed, uh, possibly a bum for 2019, you've already got Trevor May, you've got Taylor Rogers, you've got Promising Arms, you've got Fernando Romero, you've got Blake Parker uh, as maybe your third or fourth best reliever. What is the downside at this point? If you're flirting with Craig Kimbrell and and now the big money contracts are off the board, so you know that he's one of the next dominoes to fall, you have barely any money tied up beyond 2021. What is the downside to pushing for a three-year, 15 to $20 million deal for Craig Kimbrell? Rami and I are in lockstep on this. Tell us we're wrong. Well, why would Craig Kimbrell take three and forty-five and three and I'm sixty? Curious. Three and sixty. Three and 60 I don't care what it is. He's unemployed okay. right now. Why wouldn't he? Obviously, yeah. nobody is throwing big money at him. 
Right. I think you look at the top of the free agent market where a month ago we were saying like, well, maybe Manny and Bryce are not going to get the 300 that they so desired. Fast forward to today and they both got it. So I wonder if the premium free agents, a Dallas Keuchel comes to mind, uh, Craig Kimbrell, if they're sitting and looking at it and saying, well, see, all it takes is a little bit of patience and you get the contract that you wanted. And the reports at the beginning of the offseason, what was it, $100 million that Craig Kimbrell was looking for? I think that's a report that I read. And anyways, this is a reckless speculation segment, so I can just throw that out and it's perfectly fine. If he wanted $100 million, I can see why no team has offered to pay him for his services this year. Hey guys, can we, can we um, um, define reckless speculation a bit more? Because I honestly, now, now you're clearly going with a tweet of a guy who's got like 12 people who follow him. I saw that. So, so it's I guess, 39. 39. Okay, so right. How many of those are bots, though? That's what I want to know. Right, exactly. That's, Russian that's bots. ruined my Friday night, you guys. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. Okay, okay, so I get that. But but reckless speculation-wise, I ask you this. Is this really that reckless? Now, oh, as no, an example, as an example, wait, wait, wait. As an example, collar on Antonio Brown is completely reckless. All right? Because there's a guy who's going to be paid a ton. It's a salary cap league. I, I think that this is just good old-fashioned, sensible speculation. Well, again, what is, what is the worst thing? That, let, let's, say you, let's say it's three years and $60 million. Let's say you decide Craig Kimbrell is one of the great relievers of the last 20 years. Uh, he's he's not he's you know he's not forty he's thirty one years old and we're gonna stretch we're Derek Falvey and Thad Levine we're gonna stretch this to twenty million dollars a year for the next three years and he immediately blows his elbow out and never pitches again and you have to eat sixty million dollars that would be the worst case scenario right like yep. his his he his you have Dave Dravecki situation his arm falls off and and you have to pay him sixty million over the next three years I would argue you're not crippled by that. You don't have any money tied up other than the $6 million to Max Kepler and the $7 million to Jorge Polanco or whatever it is. You don't have a lot of money tied up. Sorry. I'm with Phil. What's the downside? That's fine. I just don't see one. I, I really don't. I could go further. This is just for the sake of argument. I'm not, like, shooting this down as it would be a bad idea for the Twins by any means. I'm just... Worse than having his arm fall off would be he pitches poorly for the duration of the contract. He's older than you think because of the miles on the tires, the high leverage innings he's thrown, and then it just doesn't go so well. And and then he gives you bad innings for that $20 million. Uh, You could still cut bait on that. You still have a bullpen you can build around. Trevor May is going to be cost-controllable. Taylor Rogers is not expensive yet. Those were two really cheap deals to get done this winter, and I think the Twins are counting on them for a lot this summer. Um, the only, only, only thing that I'll say here as sort of a devil's advocate to you two guys who apparently have... Uh, us three guys, it sounds yeah, like. Judd, Judd is fine. now in I'm your laser beam. I'm absolutely fine. He's in a tractor beam to Craig Kimbrell territory. <laughs> and I, the only thing that I would say is that like, if you don't think 2019 is your year, which I think there are pretty strong indications that they they wouldn't think that, if, if they're looking at maybe 2020, beyond, and saying, okay, that's when we circle the Indians and chase them down in the American League Central. Well, then you built a bullpen for like two years ago when Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis and that whole group is supposed to be surfacing in your quote, to paraphrase the Twins front office, marrying up the best of today with the best of tomorrow. And if uh, you're doing that and you've sort of given out a bunch of 
I won't even say long-term contracts, but medium-term contracts, you have built a team in the past, not necessarily with the best eye on 2020. That would be the only, only argument against signing this guy right now or two months ago, frankly. Don't you think a a Craig Kimbrell signing would, in a lot of people's eyes, make them the favorites in the AL Central? Is that going too far? No. Yeah, that's too far for me. I, I think the Indians are 15 wins better than the Twins right now. But the Twins could be a playoff team. Ah, it could be a wild card team. Maybe it could be. I mean, there's going to be a wild card team in the American League this year that wins 100 games. So that takes one off of the table. Either the Yankees or the no, Red Sox win in the East, right. and then the other one's going to win the wild card. The Twins have a bunch of teams to jump over. I'm not saying it's impossible. I think the easier path to the postseason might be through the Central, and I think they're way more than a good Craig Kimbrell season away from being as good as the Cleveland Indians right now. So I'm the wet blanket, I guess, in the room. Shocking. Yeah, I know. We were all surprised. <laughs> I think we should play a game called Is It Reckless or Not? And This Is Not Reckless. I don't think it's reckless This, either. I think, is sensible. Yeah, well, I, don't I mean, think this is reckless. It's reckless like to it. go off the report of a guy with 39 Twitter followers. That's, that's somewhat uh, reckless. Be, what if he's a young Peter Gammons? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if in 15 years we're talking about Ted Johnson as the next Peter Gammons? Yeah, you'll all owe Derek Jones MLB an apology if Derek this Jones, news Ted breaks. Johnson. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I understand all the points that you're making, Derek, and I do think the Indians are better than the Twins, but to say the Indians are 15 wins, a, a declining Indians team, uh, name me, like, who are the five players on the ascent with the Indians right now? Because that's a team well, that I think they have has two MVP in... candidates, Phil. You don't need to be ascending from AL MVP territory. Jose Ramirez got MVP votes last year, and Francisco Lindor might be better. This is a great okay, team wait, with wait, a wait. great rotation. Francisco Lindor, aren't might, even in that right? Francisco Lindor might not even play in April. So No, no, no. He's already back to baseball activities. He's going to beat Miguel Sano back to the field. To Phil's point, though, here, here's my question. If the Twins did this with Kimbrell, does it stunt their ultimate growth? Like, like for all of those who said, go sign Bryce Harper, you're like, no, you can't do it. Th- if you do a 13-year deal, that's it. And if it works, that's great. But if it doesn't, but the Kimbrell thing to me, Okay, so let's say the Twins are are a better team because of Kimbrel, but they're not there yet. But does that ultimately stunt their growth on a three-year deal, for instance? I don't think it does one bit. Well, yeah, not necessarily. Let's go down the checklist of, okay, I, if it's $20 million a year just to say, all right, do we want you and we want to, to elevate above the other teams in the bidding war. Okay, the checklist of things that you could be stunting. Well, another... It's it's a roster spot that could block another pitcher. Well, I'm not convinced the Twins have 12 or 13 awesome pitchers no, pounding on the door right now. There's room right? for Craig Kimbrell on this roster. Right. Yeah. So so that to me, that doesn't qualify. Uh, well, the Twins, what about how many contracts they have uh, locked up right now? Do they have a bunch of bad contracts on the books? And if you sign one more, now you're in a spot where you can't add. I don't think that's the case either. And uh, if you, if you want to go down the competitive side, does he does he make your bullpen better? Does he give you a better chance to win and compete with the Indians? Yes, he does. So to me, the upside is very high. The downside is very low, and he's still sitting out there. And that's why Rami and I, from back here in the Twin Cities, wanted to hijack this and yeah, put a public fair. service announcement out that the Twins should be all in on Craig Kimbrell yeah, it's, within it's reason. Can I just interject really quickly just to say, and Rami, I'll let you get this back mm-hmm. uh, from your guys' collective hijacking here mm-hmm. of the Fort Myers segment. <laughs> but you're, you're giving something back that was hijacked. That's right. That's a really backwards I'm a, thing, I'm dude. I'm a benevolent soul. Yeah, but By the way, I don't use look- my name and hijack together. That's just... <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Give me back my takes. No, Stray away from that. We want to keep you off of every list imaginable. <laughs> Rami 
Rami's been kicked out of his apartment again. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you can come live with me, Rami. I trust you, buddy. So I look at this and I say, all right, this is fine. And every year we come. And last year my thing was Wade Davis. Go get Wade Davis. You need the bullpen to be better. And Wade Davis is the best there is. And then everyone that handed out a more than two-year reliever contract last year regrets it. Nobody wants those contracts on their book right now. And I would even include the Twins in that argument for your guy, Addison Reed, who had put up great closer numbers for five years prior. Not Craig Kimbrell numbers, but great numbers. And they signed him to a two-year deal, and it looks like that second year you'd like to get out of that if you could. I think this happens every year. We talk about free agent relievers by looking at their past track record and then try to project it forward my sense is that teams project it forward very differently because they're looking at this and saying do we think he's going to be that dominant guy from 2016 or do we think that relievers fall off a cliff very very quickly and we don't want to pay for that i think all of baseball is saying that right now i wouldn't want to be a reliever who is like 28 years old and about to become a free agent right now, that's for sure. But we're not talking about a Wade Davis or your average free agent reliever here. I mean, I think I think people underestimate how good a pitcher Craig Kimbrell is. If I'm not mistaken, Derek, he is the current active leader in saves and war among relief pitchers. That's I mean, that's that's those are some gaudy numbers. And I think saves are are a slightly uh misused and overblown stat, but when you've accrued as many as, as Craig Kimbrell has, that, that says something to me. And yeah, he's age 30, but I mean, this is a guy who really hasn't faltered over the course of his major league career. The worst season that he had was in 2016, his first year in Boston, and that was a 3-4-0 ERA and uh, batting average against of, oh, I just had it and I lost it. I can't find it now. My computer yeah, you is can't find it because it's so low. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Microscopic. Uh. But, I mean, this guy, it, you could argue, has been, has been the class yeah. of relief pitchers for a handful of years now. Sure, and I look at guys as comparable, uh, Araldis Chapman or Kenley Jansen, mm-hmm. and I wonder, like, do I want those contracts right now? I look at, you mentioned Wade Davis. Wade Davis was the cream of the free agent crop last year, and I believe it was the Rockies that gave him the three-year deal worth more than $50 million, and you bet they wish they could get out from under that right now. And that's just one year into the three-year deal. I, th- I think there's always the temptation to say, with relievers, this guy has been so awesome, and then just picture what he has been teleport him into your bullpen and say he just make us much better today and i'm not saying that's not even accurate craig kimbrell might be awesome in 2019 but when you start paying 2021 craig kimbrell based on things he did in 2015 i would just start to get a little nervous if i was a team. hey derek look at me right now i'm outnumbered i'm going right to now. tell you something i'm outnumbered i'm going to t- and coming from me this means a lot <laughs> all right you can't always be afraid <laughs> You can't always be scared. The other shoe's going to drop one day. Sometimes, even I will say, sometimes, <laughs> I, th- I think, to me, the key to what Phil is saying, absolutely key, the term of the contract. Yeah. yeah. I think based on that, I can do this without a problem. By the way, uh, Derek and Judd in Fort Myers, powered by the Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business, as is all of our Fort Myers content. Let's. Uh, we've got Lyle on line one here. It's a party here. We've got Rami. We've got uh, Phil Mackey here. Manny is behind the glass. And Judd and Derek both in Fort Myers during this Orioles and Twins game. If you're listening live on Score North on 1500. Lyle in Brooklyn Park, what are your thoughts on this? Craig Kimball or no? Yes, I'm a... Uh... Uh, since the Twins started in 61 and KSTP forever and uh, 
we are my family who are sports orientated and I get together and we've come to the conclusion not just once but many times why can't the twins take their money and get a winning pitcher not a prospective winning pitcher but a proven winning pitcher and then probably not one but two and a reliever that can be counted on. We had we had Johan Santana here a few years ago. We got rid of him. He we sold him and and that was a shame. He was a winner. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you, Lyle. Yes. Well, this is their chance, right? See, listen to Lyle, you guys. This is their chance to make amends for the Johan Santana trade by just signing Craig Kimbrell. You bring in Craig Kimbrell, and you amend. <laughs> Kevin Mulvey and Philip yeah. Umber and Carlos Gomez. You write all the wrongs it, yes. of Twins history. Oh, you do. Hey, Keep Philip Umber through a perfect game once. He did. He had a chance at one point. <laughs> oh. Hey, guys, I've been uh, going down a Derek Jones wormhole as we've been having oh, no. this conversation. Yeah, since Twitter. January 2019. Reckless speculation. So when the uh, Bryce Harper news broke last Thursday... He tweeted out, I am so stupid. Earlier today, my source who has been giving me all my info texted me. I had my text off because I was in a meeting. Either way, it's something I can report first. Press conference Saturday. And then Bob Nightingale tweeted out, Bryce Harper will take his physical Friday press conference Saturday with the Phillies. Derek, Derek Jones quote tweeted that and said, look who was right. Uh-oh. Hashtag Phillies. Oh, no. This guy's got his sources. This guy has got... His story. He what, knows. If, what if this Disney's- is just like a hilarious? It's like it's Jeff Passan, but he's just like <laughs> the burner Jeff Passan account. burner account. Just he's just floating to- stuff. It could be Scott's burner account for all we know. And for but what I'm it's worth, he, he's, just keep your phone on, bud. For what it's worth, he says that, uh, and I don't know if I don't know if you said this earlier, Phil. He says that the holdup between uh, Kimbrel and the Twins is that Kimbrel wants five years, the Twins want three years with a fourth year team option. Yeah, pretty. Uh, Pretty easy bridge to cross. Yeah, I, I would think, think they can. They should be able to settle those all differences. Right. All right, that's all. That's a, that, that's our hijacking is over. You guys. <laughs> all right, so we got it's. A, I'm, it's I'm on board. Yeah, I'm not even. Like, I'm Patty Hurst here. I'm not even fully in the opposite camp. <laughs> I'm with you guys. Apparently, it's Wetmore kinda versus Judd and Rami and Mackie and Manny. I presume because he's been silently agreeing with all this and Lyle and uh, I'm just feeling a little outnumbered in this room. <laughs> That's well, okay. Johan s- Santana's here at Hammond Stadium. We go ask him what he thinks. I saw him. He was sitting the in the booth on the broadcast. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Chime in. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to say goodbye because my work here is done. And I'm going to... Are you going home already? I am. I'm done. I'm actually I'm quitting the industry. the rest of the day yeah. off. Yeah. Some content director you are. <laughs> <laughs> but when we come back, I'm sure you guys have a lot that you've picked up. Uh, Judd's been down there for less than 24 hours. But observations from uh, Twins Camp. It's uh, Twins are up. Now they're down. 5-3 to three right now against the Orioles. And uh, we're hanging out here in parts in Minneapolis, in parts in Fort Myers. It's the all-new Score North. Touch them all on Score North on 1500. Score North presents the grittiest Minnesota athletes. Bracket. Saluting the grittiest Minnesota athletes ever. A bracket to bracket all brackets. A bracket made of tungsten steel. Held together with iron rivets, blood, sweat, and grit. Vote every day this week on Score North Twitter. Full bracket available on scorenorth.com the grittiest minnesota athletes bracket vote now let your north flag fly score north minnesota sports anytime anywhere scorenorth.com
Hey, it's Touch 'em All, talking twins, talking baseball with you on a Monday afternoon here on Score North on 1500 Score North. Dot com. I'm Rami Makloff, along with Manny Hill here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Get in on the fun at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North and out in Fort Myers, Florida. For Twin Spring Training is our very own Judd Zolgad and Twins reporter Derek Wetmore. He's powered by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. I wanted to uh, spend this segment just getting some observations from you guys down there in uh, Twin Spring training, including your observations, Derek, of uh, Mr. Martin Perez, who I'm intrigued by because not because of his past performance. I mean, he's been... Uh, an an average or even below average relief pitcher for for most much of his career, but I'm intrigued by him because of the way that I hear Thad Levine and Derek Falvey talking about him. Like there might be something there that they think they can unlock that nobody's been able to tap into when it comes to Martin Perez and lit up the radar gun on Sunday. He was throwing between 95 and 97, struck out four batters, three scoreless innings. Were you? Was it as impressive in person as as it was on paper? Watching what Martin Perez did yesterday. Yeah, I would say so, because I was a guy who they signed him, and I remember Phil and I went to the studio down the hall, the podcast studio at Hubbard, and said, um, why? Why did they bring this guy in? What? What? Dallas Keuchel's out there, and who, you signed who? You look at his track record, his numbers with the Rangers, and then, of course, his injury wrecked 2018 season, and kind of just scratched your head and went, well, I don't get this. What do they see that we don't see? And then to see that same guy who I was critical of pop a 97 in his second outing of spring training down here in Fort Myers, I was uh, amazed, to say the least. Um, The Twins think that they can unlock something there, a combination of new pitching coach Wes Johnson, the infrastructure around him, and then they have an analyst that they swiped from the Rays, I believe it was last year, Josh Kulk. He's He's a guy that's going to quietly, you'll never hear his name talked about, and they probably prefer it that way, quite honestly, going to help pitchers perform to their peak capability. And there was a time where Martin Perez was absolutely one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball. Uh, you look at his career numbers and it doesn't really add up. You don't say, oh, yeah, this guy with the mid-four ZRA, he must have been a stud at one point. But I think the Twins think that they can unlock a little bit more than we've seen out of Perez. And the early indications of that have been Super positive, and it turns out I might have been wrong. That does happen. No, time never. Time. No, that's not in the Kimbrel debate, but maybe on Martin Perez, I might have been wrong. What does Wes Johnson do? Like, as far as as you know, coming from the college ranks, philosophically, what's he going to bring that's going to be di- different than pitching coach B, who's been with three teams? He is analytics driven. He is all about velocity. But I talked to Wes this morning, actually, for a, a taped interview. We're going to put on Touch Them All. And he doesn't want to be labeled as Mr. Velocity. He doesn't want to be labeled Mr. Data. Um, But those are two components that make up who he is. He says there's a lot of subjectivity in being a pitching coach, so I'm curious to see kind of how that plays out. But ultimately, the reason he was hired is he's a data-driven guy who has a track record of making pitchers better. And if they can do that with... Two, three, four, twelve 12 pitchers in the organization, um, it's a huge lift for the club overall. You'll see this play out over the course of the year. It's sort of tough to explain, but just a goofy guy. Loves to have fun. He's cracking jokes. Here's a little backstory. We were walking out by the bullpens down here at Hammond Stadium down the third baseline, and I said, 
no, hi, Wes. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you want to go sit over these picnic tables over here? Sure. So we're walking by a couple of Twins pitchers, and Big Mike Pineda, who is every bit of 6'7", he reaches his hand straight up above his head like an NBA player trying to reach for the rim. And Wes Johnson, who is my height or shorter, he might be 5'6", <laughs> squats down and jumps up as high as he can and slaps Big Mike on the hand. He got it? He got it. Oh. And and it's just sort of, apparently this is a running bit because Mike knew what to do right when he saw his pitching coach. Um, just kind of a guy who will make you laugh the first time. And then let's get into the numbers. Hey, here's how your fastball plays. This is why we think you should work up in the zone, and here's why. You've had a lot of success throwing your fastball upstairs, not so much when you try to go at the knees and below. So let's try to let's try to work on this, and here's why. I think that story helps explain that, yes, he's a loosey-goosey guy, and he likes to have fun at the end of the day, but he's also going to be about instructing pitchers and having a reason behind why, not just, well, I think you should use your curveball more, but here, using this, to get hitters out has been super effective for you. Let's double down on it. I, I think I'm really curious to see how he plays out, not just the starters, but all of the pitching staff for 2019. Yeah, be one of the key developments this year. Friend of the show, Dan Hayes, over at The Athletic, he had a piece that went up, it was either this morning or yesterday, talking about how it's it's the, the trick to analytics and, and this new model that the Twins are using is, is not how to gather the info, but how to distill it and, and get it to the players in a way that's that's digestible for them. And like you said, Derek, telling them why they're asking them to do what they're doing and not just not just dictating to them, hey, you need to throw more of this pitch or more in this 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 part of the zone, but telling them we're asking you to do this because X, Y, and Z. And, and it, they've really changed the way that they deliver that message to players. And I, I think that's because this group now has a firm understanding of what they know, what they don't know. And most importantly, that you cannot just go to an athlete and be like, okay, sit down. Mm-hmm. And the, the athlete sits down. And then you put reams of information in front of, that, in front of that yeah. person. You know, in any of us, our eyes start to glaze. We get really bored. And we're like, okay, but tell me exactly how this applies. And I think that was the next step, especially in this business now, of having people who know exactly what they're looking at. Because then they can take, let's say there's 10 points. And let's say eight of those points are pretty good points, but they're not super important. But there's two that are super important to that player. The coaching staff now can take those two points and be and basically coach you on those points. I think the worst thing that, that happened with uh, statistics and the direction that we have been going, I think the worst part was when basically players were, were like, you're back to tell me what again? And now I think it's become part of their coaching. Sure. And so now, and so now players players don't look at, at this. And, and this sounds simple, but I think the most important part of this is players now don't look at someone coming to talk to them about uh, some statistic that's going to help them and immediately think stats geek, right? Sure. They think it's a coaching move. Sure. Which is a world of difference, I think, in an athlete's eyes. Yeah, and I think even to allow. Call it a stats geek. I mean, I consider myself a geek, and if you if you understand that it can help you, you're so much more receptive to it. But what have these guys been conditioned to do? Every dad on their little league team thought they could fix their mechanics. Well, no, I have to. Be, this is what I do. This is my mechanic. Whatever. And you sort of have to be bullheaded, I think, to get to the major leagues. There's a certain there's a certain um, like whittling out process of if you just listen to everything everybody ever tells you. 
you can't get your head on straight. You'll never perform at the highest level. But I think being receptive to some of that information can be really helpful. And just to get back to Martin Perez, Rami, because you'd asked about if I was impressed with his outing, and I, I certainly I was. I also heard that one of the um, recruiting elements when they were talking to Martin Perez in free agency was, hey, we got a couple ideas for you. Um, make you a little bit different pitcher than you've been in the past. We think you're capable of doing it. You're a great athlete. You repeat your delivery. You can throw strikes on command. If you were willing to do this, we would absolutely be willing to take you in, and we'd love to have you in our starting rotation. What do you think? And I heard that before he even put pen to paper, he started getting excited about the Twins' plan for him and was willing to be that sort of coachable athlete. I think that meant a world of difference to the Twins versus why, why would you take Martin Perez when there's any number of starters who might project by the public models, might project to have even a better season than Martin Perez, forget just equal I think the Twins are really excited about the fact that he was so receptive to changing a little bit who he was as a pitcher, and they think that's going to work for him this year. That's Derek Wetmore, our Twins reporter. He's powered by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. You can find uh, his musings on the Twins and uh, everything Twins at scorednorth.com. Just search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts for this fine show and all our Twins programming, or just download the Score North app. It's available now. For Apple and Android, give us a five-star rating if you would, please. And the more you listen on the app, the better chance you have of winning cool things. And uh, we have a very exciting announcement and addition to our Twins lineup of programming coming very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. After the break, I want to know what the keen eye of Judd Zolgad has observed since joining Derek Wetmore down there. I'll find him. For Twins Camp. I'll go find him. him I I think he's at Potts right now. Three in. I hope he has some keen observations. Might be getting a beer down the the left field. Hey, Rami, blueberry beer is good. I found it here. Blueberry beer, really? Uh, at Potts two years ago. Life-changing. Mm. It was delicious. In a good way? Yes, it was good. Wow. I once had a uh, a blueberry I once had a blueberry Moscow mule, which Ooh. was amazing. It, that sounds pretty good actually. It changed That's, the That sounds really good. I, it ruined Moscow <laughs> mules for me, like because nobody else makes them except for this one you place. You see my keen observations have started and we're not even through the break. <laughs> Man, am I good. <laughs> More of that when Touch a Ball returns on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's hard to do the floss wearing snow pants, but that's how we feel about Minnesota sports. It makes us want to do that. We know you get it. Scorenorth.com. Let's touch them all on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Part of our Twins programming lineup. I'm Rami Makloff, Manny Hill, back in our TCL broadcast studios. Judd Zolgad is uh, out at Twin Spring Training in Fort Myers, along with our Twins insider, Derek Wetmore. He's powered by the Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. When did you arrive to sunny Florida, Mr. Zolgad? Uh, I arrived last night. I was supposed to arrive at uh, a little bit after 10 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, uh, but they came on the um, intercom at Minneapolis-St. Paul International shortly before my the boarding of my flight was supposed to take place at 5 p.m. yesterday, and they said, we have a pressurization issue with the plane. Now, if you've got a seat back that doesn't work, I say take off. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you've got a little hole somewhere where it doesn't matter, I say take off. She'll be fine. Pressurization, 
I'm like, okay, we'll wait it out. Let's get this figured. We'll wait this one out. Yeah, I'm out because pressurization yeah. is when you die in the air and like you die really suddenly and your plane just crashes and it's really bad. Sheesh. So I was all for the, the fact that I did not get here. Uh, Mr. Wetmore picked me up from the airport here around midnight because we had to get that deal taken care of. But I was all for it. Good job by the people at uh, Frontier Airlines. Anytime I hear when we're sitting on the tarmac and I hear maintenance issues is what's holding us up, I want I I want to be that guy who has a freak out on the plane and is like, let me off! Let me. No, you know Robbie, <laughs> I was a good flyer for pretty much my whole life till about two years ago. I'm a bad flyer now. It's kind of tough for me. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that to throw a pity party. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I am the guy who if they come on the intercom and say, yeah, we got a little mechanical thing. We're going to have somebody check out, and then we got to do the paperwork. I'm pushing up from my seat and saying, no, that's okay. I'm driving. And I walk <laughs> off the plane. Here? Is there a backstory no, about no, two years ago what happened no, on the I flight? No, I wish I knew. I wish I wish there was something that I could point to. Just a phobia just kicked yeah, in out of nowhere? it's bad, man. Now I, like, I have it, too. It's bad. So wait, I, uh, now, now are, are, you, are you afraid of flying, or are, are you guys more claustrophobic, and so the claustrophobia gets to you? Because, no. because the famous story was... John Madden was not, in fact, afraid of flying, which people thought. He had claustrophobia, so he couldn't be bottled up. That's what bothered him. No, it's not that for me. Yeah, okay. no, for me, for it's me. and I wouldn't even call <laughs> it. I wouldn't good. even call it a fear of flying because fear is is rational. Uh, it's a it's, sure. it's a phobia. Like I yeah. will I will sit here, Judd, and I'm sure Derek feels the same way. I will sit here and tell you, air travel is very very safe. You're probably better off and safer in a plane than you are out there on the roads, especially in Minneapolis this time of year. Sure. Um, but for some reason, when those wheels start to come up off that runway, uh, I get a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I need. Yeah. Yeah, man. I need drugs to get through it. All right, just quickly one more <laughs> Prescribe thought. Prescribe okay? drugs. I just want to be clear about oh, okay. that. Yeah, we should Prescribe drugs, yeah. Rami, no judgment here. Yeah, that's right. I like you judgment anyway. I don't care. Uh-huh. Um, just, one, just one more point here, though. Because you just said the one thing that I've always thought to myself, which is, you know, if you have a fear of flying, look at it this way. You're safer in an airplane than a car. And I ask you this question. Have you ever heard of an airplane fender bender? No. Right, right. Yeah. But, but again, it's, like, it's never a little accident. But, but it's like, okay, okay, Carl Anthony Towns was in what sounds like a pretty serious accident, and thank God walked away. Okay. If that's an airplane, nobody walks away from it. So my thing has always been, I don't understand the comparison, because the trade-off right. of the one, okay, I got in a crash, and my car's totaled, and thank God I'm fine, because a lot of people, thank God, do walk away. But if I get in a little fender bender on an airplane, mm-hmm. I'm You're in done. a lot of trouble. You're yes, done. exactly. Yeah. So I've always found the comparison to be a little bit uh, a little bit funny because one of them is really bad and one can be really bad. But you're using logic. Again, this has nothing to do yep. with logic. Uh, this is like people who are afraid of spiders. Like, yeah, you could easily step on that spider, but there's right. something about the way that you're wired that when you see a spider, you lose all control of, of, of yourself. And that's, Arachnophobia. that's, that's how it is yeah. for me in flying. I know it's safe, Judd. I I know it's safe. I'll sit here and have a discussion but I'm with saying, you. If it's not safe, it's done. Right. Yeah. Like, like there's no like. Well, hey, they. Let, I mean, once in a great while. But for the most part, there's no like. Hey, I got a little plane fender bender today, and I walked away from it. Yeah. This was not the segment that I thought we were going to wrap this. <laughs> oh show yeah. With, but I'm like endlessly entertained. This is very Zolgadian. Yeah. I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I think R- Rami and I have the ability to get off topic. Derek, if you Sorry, uh, if uh, do you use uh, for lack of a better term, performance enhancing drugs to help with your uh, your fear of flying? 
in the past few years, I have enhanced my performance using drugs. Really? Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Nothing, uh, nothing that's outlawed, so right. I just want to be clear. No, I was going to tell you, radio. I have a cocktail that I ask my, my doctor for every sure. every time oh, yeah. every time I fly, and it's, uh, it's, what is it, Xanax, Benadryl, and Dramamine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's the trick. after it. Every You're time. After and you it. walk off the plane? <laughs> I've had to be wheeled off, but that's... Okay, let's get the wheelchair for, for this Rami guy. We think he might be a terrorist, but we know he can't stand up. <laughs> they put me in that trolley that they carry Hannibal Lecter oh, around on. Yeah. <laughs> Rami, things I didn't know about you. We got to get to this on the four to six. You got to tell Phil that cocktail. <laughs> oh, and uh, at one time, and I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this to brag or or to encourage anybody else to do this. But one time, I went to a spring training in Phoenix. Uh, and flew with one of my co-hosts, and I took I took my cocktail. We made the flight. I woke up. I got off the plane, and not not thinking or realizing that these things were all still in my system, we went straight to the ballpark and started enjoying Bloody oh, Mary, yeah. Bloody Marys, oh, <laughs> and Miller Lights, like straight from the plane to the airport. And then and? I and then I proceeded to hibernate on the couch in yeah, the Airbnb say, we were we staying in for about and. twenty straight hours. I slept. Uh, I, after I think that. we've all been in that and state. <laughs> oh no, we haven't. Yeah, no, yeah. no, not with the cocktail he just gave you. Okay. I thought he was going to say they had to race him to Phoenix Municipal Hospital. <laughs> oh no, we haven't, Derek. Speak for yourself if you've ever been in that state. Actually, oh, be- uh, before we went back to the house uh, that we were renting down there. For some reason, he thought it would be a good idea to take me to one of the outlet malls, and I don't remember it, but I bought one of my favorite sweaters, guys, so it's oh, <laughs> still right. with me to this day. Rami, <laughs> that's how I do a lot of my sweater shopping in the winter, too. I have, no, I have no recollection Altered of being... state sweater shopping. I have no recollection of being at that store, of paying oh. for that sweater, but it's a nice sweater. Well, the life of a rock and roll star. Like <laughs> sounds like. You're no sports guy. Learn <laughs> something new about Rami just about every day. So just Judd, have you uh, yeah. have you had the chance to make any actual twins observations since you got down there, or uh, you know what? As I looked at my scorecard for today's game, I do have one. Okay, and that that's I find it very interesting that the right side of the infield for 2019 might be a one year deal because your guy Scope is probably going to be here for a year on that contract, and then if he bounces back. I'm sure his desire will be to try to get a multi-year, multi-million-dollar deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, Crone, who's got two home runs today, same type of deal. So it's interesting that the Twins have sort of taken a, yeah. a, in some ways, flyers on two guys who hit with some pop, who have previously had some good years. But if they are as successful as the Twins hope that they are, there's a very good chance that both those guys might still walk away. Derek. Yeah, and it's kind of funny actually too. You think about the human beings who they're replacing, right? Joe Maurer, Brian Dozier, effectively. I mean, technically Logan Forsyth, but Brian Dozier's been the second uh, baseman yeah. here for years. Absolutely. And I think ordinarily you'd say, ah, there's kind of a lot of pressure on this new second baseman. He's got to live up to being Brian Dozier. No, he's, no, he doesn't. He doesn't care about Brian Dozier's Twins career. It doesn't matter. Are twins fans right now? I think a lot of Twins fans care about a lot about Brian Dozier and his tenure here, and they miss him. Wish he were still here. I personally totally understand why the front office wouldn't bring back Dozier, but I think there are a lot of Twins fans out there, maybe even a majority, that would prefer to have Brian Dozier in a Twins uniform. I think they're going to like Jonathan Scope once this season gets underway, but you know, change is hard, and 
Brian Dozier was a fan favorite here for a number of years. My point is just that Dozier at second, Joe Maurer at first base, you're replacing kind of the two faces of the franchise with Jonathan Scope and waiver claim C.J. Crone. It really does not matter to them the legacy of the guys that came before them. I think that's kind of an interesting wrinkle to this is that there's not added pressure because you're not necessarily the next guy for years and years and years. You're just you're the guy right now and you're out to go earn your next contract. What's your best guess about the 2020 plan then? At, like at first base? At both of them. So if your first baseman and thoughts. second baseman have their Let's say they both bounce back and have really good years, and the Twins are like, well, thanks very much for your production, but we're not going to sign you back to a long-term deal. What's the plan there, do you think? You know, what's pretty interesting is that their two top prospects play at a position that's basically spoken for. I mean, Jorge Polanco is the shortstop, and he just got a long-term deal. Royce Lewis is a shortstop. Max Kepler just got a long-term deal. He's a right fielder. So, too, is Alex Kirilov, the guy who I currently consider the Twins' best prospect. So you're going to have to start moving some guys around eventually. And I just think that maybe if if second base is open next year and either a Royce Lewis or whatever, Wander Javier, Nick Gordon, somebody's ready to come up and play shortstop in the big leagues, you can slide Jorge Polanco right across the bag. He could play second base. He could be your second baseman for the next five years. And that's great. And then I'm curious to see if a guy like... Uh, you know, Brent Rooker or uh, Trevor Larnick or Alex Kirilov or somebody like that, just a power-hitting corner bat, slides in and can play some infield for you because the outfield is, seems to me anyways, pretty well spoken for. So I would just say that maybe the future first baseman and future second baseman, maybe they already are in the system, but it's not like you're going to circle who's their top first base prospect right now and just plug him in. There could be some moving parts down the line, and it could happen as early as 2019 into 2020. And that right side of the infield that Judd talked about is part of the reason, and we probably don't have enough time to, to really dive into this thing. Maybe we'll get into it on Mackie and Judd with Rami today, but Joe Sheehan uh, has the the Twins as one of his sleepers. And Derek, I got this from your column at scorenorth.com. Gives them a chance to win the AL Central. I'll read you the paragraph that uh, Derek included in his column at scorenorth.com. It says, finding a sleeper team isn't about projections, which push everyone to the muddled middle. It's about finding the team that has a group of players with untapped upside. There are a few teams who have as much of that as the Twins do. Throw in a weak AL Central, one in which only the Indians are a threat, and even they took the winter off. And you see the Twins' path to not just another wild card, but to a division title. Buxton, Sano, and Polanco combined to play 400 games. Barreos takes another step forward. The homegrown bullpen featuring righty Trevor May and lefty Taylor Rogers holds down the late innings. The new guys, Cruz and Scope and CJ Crone, hit 80 dingers. I mean, he he lays out a, a, a pretty sunny scenario though there, there, Derek, and I mean, it's not, nothing, nothing that he lays out there is unrealistic. It, it's all very much in play, and I'm, yeah. I'm with Joe Sheehan. I can see them really competing in the AL Central this year. Hey, guys, quickly, do you guys think, how, how much nationally is Cleveland taking a hit uh, for what they didn't do and who they shopped? It, fe- it feels like the national feel of baseball fans towards that team is what Twins fans uh, feel locally towards their team. I feel like Cleveland is better than people are projecting because people are upset that they didn't do more, and plus they shopped guys. Yeah. And they didn't even trade them, but they shopped enough guys that people are now assuming, well, Cleveland's going to be done. I think that might be a year too soon. I'd trade places with them if I was the Twins. I mean, the starting rotation that they're going to roll out, every one of those guys would start on every major league team. Every one of them. Their fifth starter 
Projected fifth starter Shane Bieber. He is excellent, uh, and that is a huge starting point if you've got the five five of the best pitchers in the division in your starting rotation. And then, by the way, the two best players in the American League Central in Lindor and Ramirez. Pretty great place to start, and I'm with you. I think the national perception is maybe they took a bigger step back because they lost Brantley. They shopped Kluber, Bauer, reportedly. Shopping Kluber seemed to be a big strike, even though they didn't trade him, and that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, and I think people sort of saw them as taking a calculated step back, and when I sort of see it as they took a step sideways, and they're still kings in the Central until proven otherwise. And they kept Kluber, but what does that tell you about their their intelligence, or not their intelligence, their intentions here in the near future as far as how long they think they can they can keep this roster together and, and keep competing in the AL Central and for a playoff spot. It says to me, Derek, if you're shopping a guy like like Corey Kluber, that the the dismantling of this thing isn't too too far off. Yeah, I thought that at first too, and that might still be the case. What I've come to think now is they must think so highly of their rotation that they think they could lose a Corey freaking Kluber and be okay. That's so it might just be a position of maybe call it arrogance or you, you just think really, really highly of your internal projections for your guys. But the fact that they'd be willing to move on from a guy who's like a borderline Cy Young was A, shocking to me, but B, I've come to think like maybe they just like everybody else that much and, and we're sleeping on the rest of their rotation. That's Derek Wetmore. Find more of his thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com. He's powered by Shane Company, your friend in the diamond business. Judd Zulgat will be back along with me and Phil Mackey. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami later today at 4 o'clock on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. This has been Touch Em All and we'll talk to you next time.